This is What The Flux. I'm Brett and I'm Justin and it's Friday the 22nd of July. Justin, listen to this. Amazon is suing the admins of more than 10,000 Facebook groups. Supposedly, they were schemes to facilitate bogus reviews on Amazon Not products. surprised at all. <laughs> Looks like former treasurer Josh Frydenberg has had a bit of a soft landing from his treasury position after losing his seat in May's federal election. He's now landed a big job at investment bank Goldman Sachs. Three rewarding stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Netflix has snapped up the Aussie animation studio behind legendary pieces of cinema like The Lego Movie and Happy Feet. Looks like we could be about to see a lot more animated content from the Netflix crew, Brett. Fill me in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Animal Logic is a Sydney-based animation studio that's been running for more than 30 years. And they've been involved in some pretty big-name projects. They're the wizards behind visual effects in The Matrix and The Great Gatsby. Not to mention the animation for Happy Feet and the Lego Movie. That is some serious street yeah. cred, Justin. Imagine telling people you helped Neo avoid getting shot by those bullets. <laughs> and now, Brett, Animal Logic has scored another big win. It's been acquired by Netflix. All right, Justin, spill the tea here, my friend. How much are we talking? <laughs> A substantial figure is all we got from both parties. <laughs> it seems that Netflix has realised it needs to get some intellectual property of its very own. So what is the key learning here? Netflix is isn't just in the streaming wars, it's in the business of creating valuable intellectual property. AKA creative material that can be subject to copyright, which no other company can use. Think shows like Stranger Things, Bridgerton, and Inventiana, they're all original Netflix shows. When it comes to streaming services, we've already seen others steam ahead with their own IP. Forbes reckons that the IP behind Mickey Mouse alone is worth $5.8 billion per year for Disney. So this deal, alongside Netflix acquiring the Roald Dahl story company, yep. will beef up Netflix's ability to create original live-action and animated movies. For our second story, Tesla has beaten profit expectations for the most recent quarter, despite what Elon Musk calls supply chain hell and what we call distracted <laughs> CEO hell. <laughs> Interesting to see that Tesla still comes out swinging after a real tricky quarter, Justin. What's the story here? We all know Tesla is the electric car company. Now, Brett, Tesla, like many other car manufacturers, has faced major operational challenges since the start of the pandemic. Like skyrocketing lithium prices to broken supply chains. The global chip drought. Not to mention the extended lockdowns in China. So everyone was pretty impressed when Tesla revealed it made a profit of 2.26 billion US dollars for the June quarter. But Brett, the biggest announcement of all was that Tesla announced it sold 75% of its Bitcoin stake. <laughs> Bitcoin, that old thing. So what is the key <laughs> learning here? This is a case of one step forward, two steps back for Bitcoin. Until 2020, Justin, Bitcoin was mostly held by individuals. Corporations, institutional investors, and central banks just didn't consider Bitcoin as a legitimate asset. They also didn't see it operate as a fiat currency like the US dollar or the euro. But when companies like Tesla and Block Square, when they purchased Bitcoin to sit on their balance sheet right next to US dollars, people started listening up. Tesla invested 1.5 billion US dollars into crypto and now 18 months after Tesla's big investment in Bitcoin, it's now pulling 75% of its money out. So it'll be interesting to see what other companies that have invested in Bitcoin as well do now. For our third and final story, APRA has told super funds that they need to get better at dealing with unlisted valuations on its balance sheet. This sounds real complicated to me, Brett, Break it down for me. <laughs> Super funds in Australia, they manage over $3 trillion worth of our retirement funds. And with those trillions of dollars, they've traditionally invested
invested in a range of, let's say, safe assets. Now, Brett, over the last few years, some super funds have dabbled in a different asset class, like private equity, venture capital funds, and startups too. In fact, those types of investments make up around 8% of Host Plus fund, which also has a significant stake in Canva. So, Brett, how does this all come back to APRA telling off super funds about their unlisted valuations? Well, Justin, some of Canva's investors have slashed its valuation by 60% in just the last six months. And Brett, are super funds in Canva also slashing their valuation? It's more that we don't exactly know what they're doing, Juzzy boy. So basically, APRA's worried because we can't tell if super funds are writing down the value of private assets. So what is the key learning here? A write-down is what needs to be done when the value of an asset falls below the value you've currently got on the books. Put simply, write-downs is an attempt to keep track of how much an asset is really worth. As opposed to how much it was worth on paper, i.e. the book value. Okay, B-Man, let's say Canva was valued at 40 billion US dollars in its last round. Okay. But the market reckons it's now worth 20 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Then your stake in Canva should be written down by 50%. So if other investors have done a massive 50% write-down on their Canva stake, the question is, have the super funds done that too? Flux fam, Brett will be putting his feet up, getting a safe tan, and enjoying the beautiful <laughs> beach clubs out of Bali next week. But there is no rest for the wicked. We've got a great surprise in store for next week's podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on Monday.